Welcome everybody into the PHNX Sun Show. Not a lot going on on this Friday, so we'll probably bullshit for a little while and get out. Let's I'm Aspo, he's Gerald, that's Saul, and it's Flax. Gentlemen, how are you today? Friday with the fellas! Let's go, you Happy fucking Happy Friday, happy Friday. Hey guys, before we start this off, I just want to give a special shout out to my nephew Justin. Happy birthday and rest in peace. I'm wearing his shirt today. Um, my sister and the family, this is my first time away from the family, not living in New Jersey on his birthday. And uh, he's truly just incredible. That's what it says on my shirt. And I love you. I miss you. And uh, rest in peace, my man. Love you to death. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Justin. Happy birthday, Justin. I feel for you, Flex. Uh, glad to have you here, though. Uh, Thank you. I bro. guess I shouldn't have started off the show the way I did. <laughs> I, In retrospect. I did he's forget that we were about to do that. And that was my He's error. up there laughing, man. He's loving this. Let's go. Oh. You know, we got a lot to talk about. I joke that we don't, but obviously the DeAndre Ayton rumors won't stop. And uh, I can't stop, won't stop. They just keep coming. And let's just get into it. What is the latest that you're hearing, Flex? Oh, man. Okay. So um, I'm going to try to get this together. Like, I went to bed three in the morning, so I'm a, I'm a little tired. But uh, listen, man, things are fluid, and and there's a lot of serious conversation. I think we talked talked about it yesterday on the show. Um, my last update was that uh, Phoenix, Portland, and Miami are indeed having conversations, and uh, there is a fourth team. Um, there is a fourth team that is now in the mix, and conversations are graduating to the point where I think something could happen. Um, it's just a matter of working out the details. And I, I, I think it's okay to say uh, the, the fourth team I've heard is the Indiana Pacers are poking around on this a little bit. And so now you're looking at potentially the Pacers, Suns, Heat, and Blazers uh, talking about a deal. And that gets very intriguing when you start to look at the roster construction and what could potentially shake out of this. So it's very fluid. It might happen while we're talking live. Happy Friday here, man. And, and if it does, that'd be great. But if it doesn't, we'll 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 have you updated on everything as we go. Uh, interesting. That the interesting four teams there. You start to look at it. You look at the money. You look at who might make sense. And one name when you said the Pacers that came to mind is TJ McConnell, who we've talked about the Suns' interest in this guy for a while now. Is that a name that, that intrigues you guys in all this? Absolutely. I feel like yeah. he's only on an $8.7 million contract, so if he's coming here with Nurkic, that's not enough money to make it work, so you'd probably still need a third piece in that. Um, but McConnell would be kind of the true point guard that everyone has been criticizing the Suns for not having on the roster to this point. Um, I think some people have been underrating what Jordan Goodwin can do as a playmaker, but McConnell is another gritty defender who will harass players up and down the court. He's a great facilitator. He's really good at driving and kicking um, and finishing in the lane. Uh, he doesn't take a ton of threes, but he was super efficient on them last year. So he would be a reliable role player. He's one of the better backup guards in the league. I am curious what that might mean for Goodwin because I love Goodwin, but he's kind of the only other trade-eligible player on the roster right now since a lot of these other guys are free agents that were recently signed. They're not available to be traded until December or, in Akogi's case, January. So I'm curious. Obviously, if you're bringing in like Nurkic and a McConnell and a third player, 
that means you're bringing in three guys and only sending out one. So Ish is probably going to get cut, and then you're going to have to cut somebody else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who else? I mean, looking at this, Miami's got got some young guys on that roster, but is there anybody that stands out that you okay? If, if say it's a McConnell from Indy, what would that piece from a Miami be? Because I imagine you got to get one piece from Miami if you're the third team or fourth team in this deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've heard Caleb Martin thrown yeah. out there plenty of times, and so um, he's a guy I like. I mean, I'm 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 high on Caleb Martin. I think he's a very good player. Anybody that plays for Coach Spoelstra in Miami and plays a prominent role on that team can play for me. Um, that's that's to me the best coach in basketball. And so uh, you you look at a guy like Caleb Martin. Um, and then you may be adding a McConnell or a Nurkic or uh, another piece here or there. But you start to kind of put the puzzle together and you start to realize that it's power in numbers here. Mm-hmm. You know, DeAndre Ayton is the best player going out mm-hmm. from us. But when if you can add three quality guys, two of them that may start right away, and then a third guy that goes right into the top eight rotation, that's, in, that's intriguing, man. I will say if they get the Caleb Martin, if if Martin is yeah. a piece that's involved that's coming to Phoenix and they get the Caleb Martin that he was during the Heat's playoff run, like that is actually a needle mover and a potential fifth starter right off the bat. Like yeah. he's a guy that averaged 19 points and six rebounds a game on 60% shooting, 49% from three in that Eastern Conference finals against Boston. Like he was arguably the best or one of the best players in that series, in a series that featured Bam, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like he was a legitimate difference maker. Um, and, and he's a guy that's a good two-way player. He's a little shorter at six foot five, but his six ten wingspan helps make up for that. Um, and and he's a guy that could help move the needle. I know we've talked about the Suns did a really good job of getting quality players on veteran minimum contracts, but this guy is only on like a six, seven million dollar yeah. deal. And I think he would really give you a reliable rotation player come playoff time. Well, and if you bring him in, I think he's on a one year. He's on an expiring. He's got a player he's got option, a player option, option for, next for next year. year. But you bring him in, you can then extend him. And even though you're you're in cap purgatory like <laughs> yeah. they are, yeah. he's your own player at that point. Yeah. So there's another nice young piece that you can keep in the fold too that's where i think this whole this whole deal hinges on is can you get that that nice younger piece that can help you now help you in the future if they grow and i think Caleb Martin I, you know would fit that mold that you'd be looking for i'm conflicted on how i would feel about this to be honest with you you know we mm-hmm. we've 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 kind of talked about some of these scenarios and uh i don't i don't i don't know i still don't know how i feel again i there is the allure of what can DA do under Frank Vogel that is still prevalent with me. But I also acknowledge the fact that DA has been wildly inconsistent. Um, and, you know, how many times, how many chances do you give him before you finally you wave the white flag and say, we, we got we to gotta surrender um, the goods to somebody else? Because, uh, listen, he did not leave everybody on a high note last year. Uh, he had basically his last three playoff performances have been – our last three playoff series have been pretty mid, if not less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need more consistency. I don't know if Nurkic – I don't. I definitely don't believe Nurkic is the total answer. But if you're able to get some other pieces and you get quality depth, you know, you know, we just talked about the Lakers yesterday and we talked about their depth, right? 
I think the same argument could be made if you made a trade like this with TJ McConnell and Caleb Martin it added to the mix that you have the same kind of depth, if not better than yeah. the Lakers. And um, and then you can match up and you can wear down a, a team like the Nuggets uh, and, and just about any other team in the league because the, the depth would just be insane. But at the same time, you know, when you're talking about the flexibility that you want on the court and especially from the big position, it's not easy to find bigs that that are as agile as DeAndre Aiden has shown he can be yeah. on the perimeter. Um, and yeah, you wish he would have more success at the rim, um, but I think fundamentally sound when he's locked in, he's as good as as a lot of you know the top five bigs defensively in the league. But when he's not locked in, he's equally one of the bottom five bigs in the league because he's just not into it. And that is the conundrum that is DeAndre Ayton. So. Honestly, I, I, I'm good either way, honestly, in, in a scenario like this. I would be much happier if it was, you know, let's say a Nurkic and an OG or a Nurkic and a Shaden Sharp or something like that. Um, but I just don't know if that's ever going to happen. So Look, I, I want to make this very clear. I like DeAndre Ayton. I like his game. I like his potential. In no way is Yusuf Nurkic as good or on that level no, no, as no, DeAndre Ayton. No, no. If this were a one-for-one one deal... It would be insane, but mm. that is not where it's going to be. Emma, do you have that graphic of Sun Centers? Because I want to show you how much I like uh, I like DA. When you compare him to guys that people say are the best centers in Sun's history, Amari, if you count him as a center, is probably number one at a little over 21 points, 8.8 rebounds, and 1.4 blocks uh, a game. But you look at Aiden, 16.7 points. 10.4 rebounds and a block a game. Uh, I would put him at second. Shaq, in his very minimal time here, uh, was 16.5 points, 9 rebounds, 1.4 blocks. And the gold standard that a lot of people think is the best center ever in Suns history in Alvin Adams only averaged 14.1.7 rebounds, was 4.1 assists. He was great in that way, but only .8 blocks. DeAndre Eaton is one of the best centers this franchise has ever had. Now, granted... It's a very shallow pool in terms of, of who they've had at, at the position, but I don't think you can can overlook that that he has been very good here and that there is potential. But what worries me now is that we've gone another round of these rumors. It's happening right before training camp, and where where does this put DeAndre Ayton and his mentals? Right, if this guy is like a lot of people want to suggest, uh, you know not always mentally in it, how does this impact him? I'm at the point where just give the guy his fresh start and move on well, because of it. Well, you mentioned something the other day. Listen, I want to be clear because I'm seeing some stuff in the chats and it's kind of pissing me off a little bit, okay? <laughs> I love DeAndre Ayton. I absolutely love DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. And I've never once said that Nurk is better than DeAndre Ayton, okay? Um, I would love for DeAndre to stay here. Mm -hmm. But there's more to this business, this is a business. There's more to basketball. There's more to the business side of basketball than just who we like and, and how things work out. How things work out behind the scenes, in the locker room, uh, financials, all that stuff matters. Now, you said something the other day that I, I'm glad you brought up. When DeAndre Ayton is getting interviewed with the Bahamas national team and he says, these are my best teammates I've ever had. Okay, man. Like, like I, you know, guys... I, I could, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink, okay? There are certain things that just, when you start to go down that rabbit hole, 
you start to connect the dots and see why a lot of these talks are happening. And and so with that said, I don't know that the Suns want to go into media day again in two weeks and have the whole center of the room and all the attention on, hey, DA, how you feeling? Mm-hmm. Hey, DA, do you want to be here? Hey, how's this going to work? You know, I, I just think there's there's a part of the organization that is kind of ready to move on. And I think there's a part of DeAndre, and that is too. And so this could be mutual. And, um, and, and I think people are missing out on that. And I think it goes back to things we've been saying for years now. You know, he showed up to the, f- the first week of training camp a couple of years ago and talked about how he doesn't like doing his big man duties from everything we've seen from the Suns and their actions in terms of being hesitant to pay him, only giving him that max when he went out and signed an offer with another team and they had to unless they were going to lose him for nothing. Like it's all pointed to this belief that they probably think they can get by with like 80% of his production at the center spot for a fraction of the cost. That's what this Nurkic deal would be. I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that Nurkic is on the level of DA. I'm not even saying that I necessarily like the move. For me, it still depends on what second or third piece you are getting back because you are clearly downgrading at the five spot going from DA to Nurkic. It just depends on what else you can get thrown in there. And uh, I I will say, because this keeps coming up in the chat, I think Black Sunday is in an echo chamber with himself. (laughs) But yeah, we did think the roster was set. Because it's fucking two weeks from training camp and we're all taken aback that this is even happening. Like, it is surprising. Things do change, but it has come out of nowhere. The roster was pretty much set outside of one two-ray roster spot. Um, So it is surprising. It's just going to depend on what those other pieces are for me until I can judge this trade clearly. It's it's not a one-size-fit-all situation on any of this stuff. You know, like, and even the chat is split. Right. Up and down, like half of the uh, half of the chat is like, don't trade DA. The other half is trade DA. Uh, one half is like, you know, you're not going to find Nurkic isn't DA. And then the other half is like DA quit on the team. Like it's all over the place. <laughs> and I think that's that's that represents what we're trying to to put forward is like, I don't think there's a deal where everybody's going to be happy. Uh, you know, like, listen, unless they traded DA for Giannis, nobody <laughs> would be happy with anything that's going to be presented right now. I think we were all kind of caught off guard that this is even happening. But the domino that always remained out there that we knew was going to happen at some point was Damian Lillard getting traded at some point. Like yeah. we knew that was going to happen. Now, what we did not account for was the fact that we all assumed that it would be like a two or a three team trade between Miami and Portland to try and get Dame. But that has changed because the numbers don't work or the personnel doesn't work and they got to get a third or four team involved to make this all happen. And when they did that, that's when it all came back to Phoenix because Portland, regardless of what anybody else has ever said, Portland has always been in love with DA. They've really liked DA from day one. So now we're here talking about this. And listen, it is our job to talk about it. Like, that's the reason why we're here. Like, that's the reason why these podcasts even exist is because we're going to talk about some of these things, these rumors. Uh, We talked about Bradley Beal, and we all took an L on it because we were like, there's no fucking way that's happening. And then sure (laughs) as shit, two days later, Bradley Beal's on the Suns, and that's something we never thought would happen. Like, so I understand that there's people out there that are like, oh, you guys are talking about rumors and blah, 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 blah. That's the fucking job. Yeah. Like, we got to talk about things that could happen. They are possibilities, and we all need to accept that, that this is a possibility that could happen. But, man, 
chill, everybody. We all love each other. We're all Suns fans. You know, We're all trying to get along and do this the right way and give you guys all the information that we know. You know what drives me nuts, though, is the, well, I'd rather trade DA for Miles Turner or Clint Capella. Sure. So would I. But are those offers out there? No. no. And the Suns, if they're getting getting these offers that intrigue them, they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to look at this and go, does this make us better? And quite frankly, with James Jones' relationship uh, with Eric Spolstra and his intimate knowledge of uh, of Miami, if if he feels a like Caleb Martin may be that piece, I might trust that a little yeah. bit more than others because he does yeah. know people. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of questions in the chat about certain trade packages, so I do want to clear that up a little bit. Nurkic and Caleb Martin is not enough salary to match DA's outgoing salary, so there would still need to be a third piece, so it wouldn't just be Caleb Martin and Nurkic. Um, I know a lot of people, like you said, are talking about Miles Turner. Uh, guys, Miles Turner had a better season than DA last year, so as great as that would be for the Suns, I don't see why the Pacers are doing that. Um, especially if it's part of a three or four team trade with Miami, like Miami's probably would give up like Jaime Jaquez, who's yeah. a talented rookie, like Kyle Lowry's expiring contract, and maybe they'd get a pick thrown in there somewhere. I still don't think that's enough for them to move Miles Turner, and you still have to make the money work because he has only got like a $21 million deal. Um, seen a couple of other ones. It, right now, based on what we're hearing, it would be Nurkic and enough salary to kind of match and make that money works. Yeah. Nurkic is at like 16.9 million. So DA's a guy like at a 32. Tyler Hero doesn't Tyler make Hero, sense. Oh, yes, that's the other one I money. saw. Tyler Hero right. doesn't make sense. He makes too much money. I wouldn't want him on that contract at this point anyway. Right. I mean, if you're playing if you're playing fantasy basketball, yeah, I'd love Giannis. <laughs> right. I'd love uh, Jokic. Give me Bam love, out of yeah, bio all day Bam. long. Yeah. Like, Shit, we can do this a one-for-one swap. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bring David to here instead of sending him somewhere <laughs> yeah, else. I'll send you Saban Lee for Dane. Yeah. Like, like, come on, guys. Like, fantasy basketball is a whole hell of a lot of fun, but it doesn't work in the real world. You know, it's another thing that I don't, I, you know, we don't talk enough about is the CBA. Right. I mean, we, we know what the CBA is. We know the changes that are coming. First apron, second apron. OK. Um, with DeAndre Aiden, if you don't trade him now or at the deadline, the rules change significantly yep. after this trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And so another factor is if you don't do this and you're going with DeAndre, you better be damn sure that DeAndre is the guy past February, because if he's not. It's going to be virtually impossible to move DeAndre Ayton in any of these type of deals. You Why can't is that? because the changes from there's 110 percent versus 100 percent of oh, the salary yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. that's plus aggregating right. salaries. There's a whole bunch of different rules when you're in that second apron. Plus all the all the other things you start losing the draft. Everything Correct. Kicks in. Correct. So so, so yeah. this if you can come away with a Nurkic and two. Guys, maybe maybe two starters and a guy that can come in as a backup point guard or a top eight rotation guy. This is three rotational players for DeAndre. And if you can come out with that, um, as opposed to taking a gamble and going past the deadline, and then being, you know, I just, I just, people need to understand. It. Again, it's a business, and I think the Suns are doing a good job of listening and seeing what's out there because they can make the team better. They are. Yeah. Well, the other thing I've heard too is, oh, is this is this a money? It's a, it's a money. No, that's PTSD talking. <laughs> there is no money dump or or trying to clear salary. Matt Ishbia is in this and is going to spend the money and already has proven that when it comes to uh, it comes to the tax and everything he's going to pay. This is not 
a salary dump thing. And people, oh, they point to the campaign thing. That wasn't about salary. That wasn't either. salary. That either. was that was not about salary. So any move that's made here is because that front office looks at what they have and they feel like we still need pieces here. One of the things everybody still talks about is they have no true point guard. If you get a true backup point guard in this, doesn't that become a little bit more intriguing for certain people? Yeah. Like I don't I'm not a hundred percent on board on this, just like Gerald. You got to know what the other two pieces are, yeah. right. but I'm certainly intrigued to, to try to understand this and see if they make that move, where it lands, because they obviously are not 100% sold on DeAndre Ayton at this point. I mean, I think that's the one thing you can say is that the Suns are not 100% on DA. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and to be fair, like, I don't think anybody in the chat is 100% on DA. You can't sit there and tell me that you are 100% certain that day in, day out, he's going to show up and give you 100% and yeah. give you max effort. And I think what everybody can agree, agree on for sure is, is he going to be willing to take a back seat to these three guys that are the, the premier scorers on the team? And we've talked about it at length in other scenarios uh, about DA's unhappiness in, in being utilized in the system and this, that, and the other. And a, a portion of that falls on Monty. I don't know how this is going to work without Monty. But at the same time, I also know the effort that I see. And I love DA. Yeah. I've been a DA stand since day one. I've been with him at U of A. I followed his whole – like we we both moved up to Phoenix at the same damn time. Not together, obviously. But like, <laughs> like I got a job roommates. up here and he got a job up here, right? And like so I, I – like there's a part of me that really wants DA to succeed. But I also know what my eyes tell me. And my eyes tell me that – there's just something off with DA with this team and this franchise. And I don't know if it's because of the leadership in there. I don't know if it's because of other players. I don't know if it's because of the organization. I don't know what it is, but it's not coming through on the court the way we all want it to. So you have to explore the opportunities to possibly make your team better. And that's the other thing I will say. You don't make a trade unless you're making it um, unless you're doing something to make your team to improve your team, right? Yeah. So whether that be assets or you're saving money or you're getting another player in return that's going to help you win a championship, one of those three have to happen. So it's not a salary dump in, in this case. We know that that's not going to be the case because the rules won't allow it to be that case. So it has to be better players or draft assets, and you're going to probably get better players. Yeah. In totality, not singular. I'll say this too. I heard from a source in Portland that even if this is not, if this isn't part of a larger Dame deal, there may still be something between Portland and Phoenix that that could happen too. Yeah, so. Portland loves Aiton, man. And and I, I let's reiterate that it's been for a long time. Mm-hmm. This is not new. This is not something changed. And now they want Aiton. I've been talking to Portland for quite some time, and this goes way back into the summer. Um, they love DeAndre, and, and, and we said it yesterday. They're enamored with DeAndre and Scoot Henderson potentially being a young tandem. They could play together. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule that out that if this doesn't work in a damn deal, they can get down, sit down, and make a private deal between Portland and Phoenix and maybe even bring a third team to, to kind of facilitate things. But things are getting spicy guys this is this is fun <laughs> stuff uh if you like this type of stuff some people I, don't like it yeah. I, they don't <laughs> I, I would say if it is just a one-on-one deal with portland or a separate deal from a dame trade and they bring in a third team i would really hope that they do bring in a third team because then you're looking at nurkic and well you also don't know what they get in return in a, in a dame deal so you may well if that if the dame happens first it yeah. might not happen yeah. first but it's, so yeah. it's tough to say but 
Um, I would say I would prefer them to bring in a third team just because like you would money wise, Nurkic, Shade and Sharp and Nasir Little works, but They're I don't, I don't, that. I don't see the Blazers yeah. giving up Shade and Sharp. I had one Blazers person reach out to me because I'd speculated about Sharp and maybe he's available that he's, he'll be off limits in yeah. that type of deal. What about Nurkic, Shade and Sharp and Scoot? <laughs> better there we go better there we go. Can you just get there we go. Scoop um, three times <laughs> you know me i'm all team scoop baby let's go uh, you know da may not be in james jones inner circle but if you want to be in circle k's <laughs> inner circle you can download their app today highly recommend it if you sign up today you're gonna get 25 cents off uh per gallon for up to five fill-ups and right now we all know we can use that uh, so join that circle k app by downloading or join the inner circle by downloading the circle k app today terms and conditions of apply at participating locations visit circlek.com for details uh and they give you all sorts of other great perks in there i got i got like five free uh polar pops they're doing buy one get one free things in there highly recommend you check out that app also check out fubo TV, they got you covered this weekend. You love college football, you love the NFL, they got both for you. And it's simple, you can watch it on the go, you can watch it at home with MultiView. Whatever your choice, you can make it happen. Make sure to check in. They've got the Pac-12 network. Uh, I have not had the Pac-12 network in years, mm -hmm. uh, and I got Fubo for this season, and now I can watch ASU uh, get the brains beaten in, and U of A play some uh, mediocre football. I'm really excited <laughs> now that I can watch that. I don't for think sure. Espo realizes he works for PHNX. That's uh, cool. Damn. <laughs> That's I'm, cool. Be, I'm being That's honest cool. with the people. That's cool. I'm being honest with the people. That's uh, awesome. You can also catch the Cardinals <laughs> this weekend. They also have NFL it. Network and Red Zone. You can check it all out. Uh, watch all your favorites with Fubo. Go to Fubo. Uh, <laughs> They broke this up, FuboTV.com slash PHNX to sign up for 15% off your first month. Uh, we're continuing our series on the top 10 teams that concern us if you're the Phoenix Suns. Uh, today we're looking at the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, an interesting team. This is one of those that there's always the caveat, if healthy. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that's still the case here. It still very much is, and it's one of those things where they're a hard team to judge because in years past, like we've seen them kind of coast through the season. We've seen the load management kick in, injuries kick in. Um, Ty Lu has done the best that he could with a deep roster, but maybe not a star-heavy one where the stars are actually available on a night-to-night -night basis. That makes it difficult to build continuity, and it feels like we've very rarely seen those two guys healthy at the right time of year for the playoffs. So... It's one of those things you look at their net rating when they share the court together. They're they're a really good duo, but can they do it at the right time? Does it matter? Are they a team that you should legitimately be afraid of? It's tough to answer until we actually see it in the playoffs. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm I'm not overly I'm not overly impressed. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Flex, guys. Flex, on ultimate distractions in my text I'm, right I'm now. Sorry, um, yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, we could, and that's something that, you know, obviously when we talk about the Clippers and, and and their future prospects, they've always been like their DNA has always been tough for the Suns, mm -hmm. right? Like their physical kind of grimy team. They like to muck it up. Yeah. Um, and they have two players that when healthy fit that DNA in Paul George and Kawhi. But the problem is, is as you mentioned, they're never healthy. Yeah. And so, but I do think that they addressed a little bit of their depth this, this offseason uh, in order to shore up 
whenever one of those two guys is out. Um, but I, I do think as well, this load management stuff is, you know, the new rules on that is going to change this a bit, especially yeah. for Paul George, uh, because he doesn't have anything degenerative going on. It's just, you know, these freak one-off injuries, mm. whereas Kawhi's in a different boat. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they develop through the season because, you know, as we will find out with our guest, um, you know, they had mentioned that they need to take the regular season seriously because they haven't in the past, yeah. and that's hurt them quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, the Clippers are a damn good basketball team. When they're healthy, that's mm-hmm. that's just it. If if they're healthy, they're one of the most dangerous teams in basketball. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, guys, let's be honest. I'm, I'm going to speak from the heart here. Uh, in the playoffs, man, I was worried. I mean, Kawhi was getting busy. We had mm-hmm. no answer for Kawhi. If Kawhi doesn't get hurt in that series, I still think we win. But um, it was starting to get a little scary for me because mm-hmm. they, they, I mean, that guy's terrific when he's healthy. PG is terrific. I think Ty Lue's one of the best coaches in basketball. Um, I love him. We talked earlier. My my thing with that team is Morris, uh, Batoon, uh, uh, Covington. They're getting a little older there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do, you know? Do you move Kawhi to the four? Is can he still do that with the knee injuries? So it's all about health with that basketball team. But if they are healthy going into the playoffs, they're a legit team that can come out the West, no question. Well, and there's some interesting stuff when it comes to Marcus Morris, uh, personal stuff aside. But when you look at at it, he's had beef there with the Clippers based on the way he was used. Uh, The report today was he's not going to be banished like Jay Crowder was, but my guess is Which Jay Crowder did not like. No, he did not. No, he did not like that at all. Uh, to yeah. that, but you look at that and you got to wonder how long is he uh, is he there? And I was very underwhelmed by their off season. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of additions. A uh, you know, KJ Martin being uh, being the biggest. They obviously re-signed Russ, uh, but they this is all predicated on on PG and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. If if these guys don't come in and don't dominate, and you know we talk about injuries, but it's all they're also a year older too. Like this whole thing just keeps getting pushed out further and further for the Clippers, and these guys just keep getting older and older. So at some point, that's got to come into play too. Uh, so I am concerned if they are all healthy at the right time come come the playoffs, but I'm not sold that they're I'm ever going to be da for Kawhi. Let's do it. straight up um yeah i I like the addition of kj martin but you're right they didn't make a ton of changes it felt like they kept most of their guys except for eric gordon which thank you for that um i don't know I, i feel like they're a good team that needs to prove that they can be a great team we've seen it for so many years yeah. now um, we need to see it in the playoffs, and I feel like that's how they're going to be judged. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle the new load management rules and whether their bodies hold up or if that's a legitimate problem for them. The one mm. thing that I, that you know I didn't even think about much until today um, was the fact that they had all these pieces together in the bubble, mm. and for whatever reason, these guys just did not want to be in the bubble. They played like they didn't want to be in the bubble, and they were out. And that might have been their only legitimate championship opportunity with everybody healthy. And if you think about that, wow, what a missed missed chance for them because they could have won the championship that year, but they didn't take it seriously. They didn't want to be there. And, you know, listen, when you have the opportunity to win a championship, whether you want to do it or not, 
uh, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. And so now, as we've gone the last couple of years and they've been riddled with injury, hell, Kawhi hasn't even played in the playoffs. He hasn't played in the whole playoffs, first of all. Yeah. Um, and la- last year he played two games and then that was it. Uh, and you look back at that bubble and you're like, that's where you that's where you lost it. That's where you lost, that's where you lost your yeah. opportunity. Because they win that championship and maybe things turn a little bit and they oh, change yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah. The DNA changes a little bit. And maybe they find themselves in that opportunity a couple more times. But yeah. as we're sitting here, they still have never reached the NBA Finals. And who knows if they ever yeah. will. And the irony of it is Big Bro end up winning the NBA Finals yeah, in that, that bubble. Year. Right? So they take that bandage to your house. You know, you didn't take it serious. And Big Bro came in and did and walked away with a championship. So um, you're right, though. I think that was the opportunity. That was the team that should have done it. And I, I do believe that when you get over the hump, if they win that year, Oh, it changes the dynamic of everything. Now the next season has more expectation. What you do in the off season, more confidence, more comfort, more continuity. So more yeah, people want to come right. join your squad. Join your squad, right? Stuff yeah. like that. I, 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 let's just play. Let's just play in a vacuum. Everybody's healthy. Both, both mm-hmm. sides. Suns, Clippers. You face off in whatever round. Are you confident? That the Suns take care of business in that situation. I am, but it would be a tough series. Mm-hmm. It would go six right. or seven easily. Um, I mean, listen, the Clippers, they they're they're kind of like Memphis, where they just kind of try to you know be be grimy and they yeah. try to muck it up. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to take away. Ty Lue is a fantastic coach. There's a reason why the Suns were interested in him and tried to get him, despite the fact that he was still under contract yeah. with the Clippers, like because they saw the value that he could bring. Um, and listen, he's one of the best coaches in terms of trying to take away your strengths. And he, d- he tried to do that last year. Uh, even that, that series, it was a five game series, but it wasn't a clean, smooth five game series. There was, you know, even without Kawhi still was kind of a grind to get yeah. through those games. So that's why you got to take the Clippers seriously. But I, I ultimately think that this Suns team has got way too much depth. Uh, they also have some physical tough players now that I think that they, they were lacking last year. And so I don't think it'll be quite quite as uh, you know treacherous as it was before. The, the Russell Westbrook thing is still a wild card to me because yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people, myself included, were proven wrong about how effective and impactful he could be on that team, especially coming off a pretty disastrous run with the Lakers. Like He was legitimately good for the Clippers, but can he do it for a full season and another playoffs um, I'll I'll need to see yeah. that before I believe it. Yeah, I think I mean every everyone healthy. I think the Suns still win that series. Um, but like Saul said, and like it's gonna be a tough series, man. It's I mean, those tough. guys are just well coached and they're they're very good basketball players. I, if I had to lean, I go Suns and six. Um, but it won't be easy because those guys are those guys are dynamic. I mean, they scare the shit out of me, honestly. Well, defensively, when you look at it, I just. That's one team that could give you real problems. A, a team yeah. that could guard book, could give KD uh, a bit of an issue. And then it's like, okay, can Bradley Beal potentially carry you for a series off, uh, offensively? And that's what you hope for. That's why you went and got him as a, as a third scorer. But I find it, I, I find this matchup probably the most intriguing based on the list that we have just because of that defensive possibility because it's Frank Vogel Vogel trying to defensively stop Kawhi and PG it, it's Ty Lue who gets the most out of even when he doesn't have his stars the most yeah. out of his guys uh, trying to figure out defensively how you stop the Suns offense 
it could be a fun chess match if uh, yeah. if it actually happens. Let's, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about PHNX here. You know, if you didn't laugh or interrupt, I'd be able to do this just fine. You do it, Saul. It's a PHNX. Go ahead. Go ahead. Folks, PHNX is awesome. You are here for That's a reason. The script so says. I don't give a shit what the script says. I'll say what I want about my this damn company. Uh, listen, PHNX, become a diehard. If you are not in our Discord, we have been dropping nuggets in there. Uh, all the time so you can come out here and, and check it out uh, and also in addition to that we have all these events that are going on we have away watch parties uh, for every cardinals uh, away game so you can come out we have ticket giveaways we're actually giving away a pair of dallas cowboys tickets today on the Cardinals show today so uh, if you follow the rules uh, you can also win some tickets. Listen, we got so many things that are going on. The events are fantastic the merch is at a discount for you you can get a free shirt upon signing up Everything's right there. So just go to gophnx.com, get yourself a diehard membership, and become one of us today. Yeah, if you want to go to the watch parties, they're out at the BetMGM Sportsbook. And right now, BetMGM has a great deal for you if you sign up using the code PHNX and you bet at least $10 in that mobile app. You're going to get $200 in free bets instantly. Bonus bets that you can use on any bet that you want. I highly recommend doing it. I've done it, and it's just super easy. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android, uh, or you can visit BetMGM.com. Sign up using that promo code PHNX. You're going to bet that $10, and you can get those $200 in bonus bets instantly. It is just that easy. I love it. I won about 180 bucks last weekend uh, betting on your Vikings uh, first touchdown, got yes, that, sir. got that right, and won some money. Uh, also bet Colorado State over Colorado, and was pretty damn close to winning some uh, some sizable cash. You called that? that. I, I heard it. A couple, you said it right yeah. here. You said Colorado State's going to win that game. I, so. I uh, I don't think Colorado is going to win this weekend. I think they the, are. I think the magic carpet ride comes to an end. You see, I got weekend. the shades on, man. Yeah. My boy Prime. I missed two games in the in a fourteen team parlay. Damn. Only two. That's rough. Damn. Kansas State on the road on 14? a fourteen. A fourteen. Yeah, I would have won ten thousand seven hundred eighty dollars off a ten dollar bet. Damn. Yeah, I was a little bitter. Now, now to <laughs> I swap. I, I could I could swallow a little bit more because I, the first game of the day was my first loss. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was oh. on sixty one oh, yard. So you didn't. Oh, you, okay. you didn't. Yeah, sixty one yard field goal in overtime or at the buzzer to lose. Like oh, okay, man. and then the last one was Tennessee getting upset on the road at Florida. Yeah. If those two come go my way. I'm not sitting here right now. <laughs> I am. Just a little bit richer. <laughs> How little do you think he gets paid? The 10K? That's fair. I'm out. $10,000. Let's go. Scrooge McDuck over here, bro. <laughs> I, go, I can pay my rent for five more months. Let's go. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you guys have some bets that you want to make on college football or the NFL this week, and again, sign up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. $10 in, you're going to receive $200 in bonus bets instantly that you can bet. Check the show notes for details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 
Really excited to continue our Clippers conversation as we bring in Brian Seaman, the television play-by-play man for the Clippers. Brian, how are you today, man? I'm doing, I'm good. I'm ready for everything to begin. I've been ready since probably two weeks after our season ended. Uh, you know, I, we, you know, broadcasters in the NBA always have the best jobs, I think, in the world. So I'm always chomping at the bit. Media Day for us starts a week from Monday, and I can't wait. Yeah, are, you, are you sick of all the rumors as well? <laughs> I, I think we got through them, and yes, I was. Um, I think we got through most of them for the Clippers, and uh, who, they'll be they'll certainly build back up again at some point in time during the season. <laughs> but I'm just ready to 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 get going and and pack. And and I, I think I speak for my wife where she's excited for me to leave. Uh, so you know, it's just a week away. Yeah, well, we're still dealing with the storm of rumors here, but I want to know. When you look at the Clippers offseason, uh, what did you what did you make of it? How, and not a lot of action, but how did you feel when it came to the Clippers? You know, I liked it um, in this sense. It brings balance to a roster that last year I felt was the most talented roster in the league, top to bottom, but it was missing pieces. It was missing kind of a starting point guard or, or a guy that actually knows how to run a team. <clears throat> While Reggie Jackson is great, I think he kind of – kind of went down and regressed a little bit last year. And I think that was just a lot of minutes adding up over the previous two years. And then they started the season without a backup center. And they thought, and I did too, that going small would be something that would really benefit them. They had done it two years ago. We're in the 21-22 season and had great success in short stints. But when you extrapolate that for 15 to 20 minutes a game, I think they found out that it wasn't going to work. So they bring in Mason Plumley, They keep Russell Westbrook. And it wasn't like they did a lot of things around them. But I like what they've done. And I feel that the leadership that Russ will bring, I'll be very honest, and I've said this before, I didn't like the Russell Westbrook trade to begin with. I didn't want him on the team. I didn't like how he was playing with the Lakers. I was worried that he was going to kind of feel like he was the guy with the team. Couldn't have been further from the truth, and I couldn't have been more wrong. And now at a $4 million deal, you're bringing in a leader, a guy that's been there, And I think a guy that's not going to let people off the hook. He'll keep everybody accountable. One thing I did not like about the Clippers last year, I felt their competitive integrity during the regular season waned. And I don't think Russell Westbrook will let that happen. When Ivica Zubac goes to the bench, should he remain the starter, which I'd be fully behind, uh, you're bringing in a guy that can do a lot at Mason Plumlee. So those two moves I felt were really great. And then, oh, by the way, they bring in K.J. Martin. They bring in kind of a high-flyer young athlete that we haven't had in a long time. I can't remember the last time we had a lot of in-game dunks that were just mind-blowing since Blake Griffin's. So uh, to go around the block next door, I like what they've done, even though the pieces were subtle. I I, I still think they are on the, on the list of contenders going into this season. Okay, so given that the Clippers are on that list of contenders, obviously the big thing that always comes into question with this team is can Paul George and Kawhi Leonard stay healthy at the right time of year? Is that the biggest obstacle in your mind that's you know, keeping them from getting over that hump finally? Well, I, and, and, you know, you and I were talking offline. Obviously, Denver's an obstacle. Phoenix is an obstacle. Perhaps Golden State will be an obstacle. But, yes, you know, the Clippers are a team that could race out to an incredible start, and no one's going to pick them. They're going to say, oh, their defense is great. They've got two of the top five lineups in the league. Their offense is top five. Everyone will always answer that question with, can they stay healthy uh, when the chips are on the table? And I need to know that as well. I want to find out. I know the front office obviously believes that these are the guys that can get it done. 
you look at numbers, advanced numbers, normal numbers, record, all of it, they suggest that this tandem right here uh, is an elite level tandem on both sides of the ball, but they have got to find a way to stay healthy. I don't know what that looks like for the Clippers and how they keep these guys healthy. I'm not a believer in load management. We saw what happens to Kawhi in the playoffs. I mean, it, it is what it is. I think load management is more about risk aversion than anything else. But these guys have to stay healthy. And the, the bottom line is they still have to attack the regular season. They can't just kind of stay in third or fourth gear all year long. They've got to be aggressive. You want to have home court advantage as long as you can get it. And it's going to be a mega challenge for them. But if they can stay healthy, I'm very optimistic about what could happen. Okay, so speaking of staying healthy, the new load management rules uh, are now in effect. Uh, and if there's ever a team that has been criticized for load management, it is the Clippers. Uh, how do you think that that's going to fare this season? And could, honestly, from my perspective, maybe that's a, a, a bonus. Something that's going to push these players to play a little bit more might not be such a bad thing from time to time. Well, judging from what Ty Lue said, and, and Lawrence Frank said this two days <clears throat> excuse me, after the Clippers were eliminated from the playoffs by Phoenix, he said, look, we need to take the regular season more seriously. And then you fast forward a month, Ty Lue said the same thing. And he said, it, look, it wasn't about us not understanding that we got to win as many games as possible. The way I interpreted it was we have to play through little aches and pains. And I think they try to manage that so they don't go to from minor to medium to major. I think you're going to see these guys play more games. And I understand why they've been the poster child for that. You know, Kawhi's different. He's got a degenerative knee situation, but everybody else in the league, I think, needs to be playing unless you have a condition like that. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what attacking the regular season means, what that means to take it more seriously. And, and I honestly, I really believe if the Clippers can stay healthy and they have that mindset, uh, they're going to be a top three seed in the Western Conference. That's my personal belief. We'll see it play out. But, you know, the start for the Clippers, I think, is so important because I feel they've got a good schedule to start things off. And then it gets very dicey as far as travel and back-to-backs in three and four days. So it's very vital for them October, November, and I think through Christmas to really have a great start and see where, they're, where they fare with the rest of the West. Uh, I have a question, uh, and this is about roster construction. You know, you you guys talk about being healthy. In a perfect world, you know, if you're healthy and you look at your starting lineup, it looks like you're going to go Russ at the one, PG at the two, Kawhi at the three in a perfect world, and Zubox at center. I look at the four spot, and you're looking at Morris, you're looking at Covington, you're looking at Batum. Um, how do you feel about the four spot um, for the Clippers right now? Who do you think is is going to have the edge at the four spot? And and how do you see that working out? You know, it's a great question. I've looked at the roster for the last couple of weeks as I get ready for the season. And I don't know if, if that's the exact lineup they're going to have in terms of how you've put them out. It wouldn't surprise me if they slide Kawhi and PG to the 3-4 okay. and start Terrence Mann at the 2 uh, you know, maybe they put KJ Martin at the four. That would surprise me. But, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to handle that. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Marcus Morris kind of had a, 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 an interesting end to the regular season. He appeared in the playoffs. Uh, Batum did not play well in the playoffs, but 
I still like him. And perhaps in that starting lineup, he could be a facilitator. You don't need a scorer in there. And I think that's why I think Terrence Mann works well at the two. But if you start Batum, uh, I, I think that would be my personal choice if that's the role, if that's the position they're looking for. But I wouldn't be surprised to see. And even though players don't like to play up, they don't like to play bigger. We talk about Anthony Davis not wanting to play the center. I understand that. There's a lot of physicality there. Right. But it wouldn't surprise me if you move Kawhi PG to the 3-4 and you can interchange those two guys and start Terrence Mann. I'm actually very curious about that. I could be way off. Uh, so I'm actually very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out when training camp begins on October 3rd. So we here in Phoenix have benefited from it. And one guy that the Clippers decided to let go and Eric Gordon uh, were you surprised that they let him go? And what did you see from him at the end of the year that uh, that impressed you? I thought he was really terrific. You know, essentially they traded Luke Kennard for Eric Gordon, and there were some second-round picks, and it wasn't directly with team to team, but that's what the position was. And he was a strong guard that can get anywhere he wanted. You know, I've been with the Clippers for a long time, so I was here when he was drafted, and I knew then that he was not afraid of the moment. He was ready to go when the lights were on, whenever, and the Clippers weren't very good in 2008, but whenever there was a big game, a big opponent coming in, or a big shot that needed to be taken, he was really quickly jumping up to, to, to do that. And we saw that a little bit uh, against the Suns in the playoffs. So you guys got a good one. He's a, he'll fit in. He's played, you know, in big moments like he was in Houston. So I, I think it's going to be a great pickup for you guys. I was bummed to see it, but I think, you know, I think for the Clippers to keep him, it was going to be a, a big cap number. And I think they wanted to maintain some flexibility. It wasn't anything about his personality. It wasn't anything about how he played. Phoenix got a really nice piece. You got a lot of shooters there in the Valley. It'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. It's going to be, God, I can't imagine what the offensive efficiency is going to be for the Suns in a slump. I mean, it's going to be record-breaking. So it'll be exciting to watch from afar, except for the four nights that we play you guys. Uh, you know, you guys are building something kind of cool out there, a new arena. Uh, Steve Ballmer can't talk enough about the toilets out there uh, but there's also this 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 mile long big screen that's also going inside the arena and all these other things uh what have you what have you seen heard and how excited are you for the potential for this new arena no i'm i'm, I'm over the moon for it i will say i'm sentimental and i did my first ever nba game 20 years ago at staples center when i worked for another team so there's going to be some sentimentality for me to leave downtown los angeles i will it will end quickly uh, into a dome is going to be phenomenal. I've toured it. I've been able to see it. I've seen the kind of framework for what that scoreboard that you're mentioning that is going to be in 4K. I mean, it's it's incredible. Just the bells, the whistles, the toilets, uh, everything <laughs> is going to be top notch. And it's it's you know and. You know, I know that we're rival teams and whatnot, but I will say this, and, and you guys are starting to learn what it's like to have a great owner that is committed to winning. We've enjoyed that now for the last eight or nine years. Steve Ballmer's a wonderful human being, but he is absolutely diehard for winning. And this is for the fans as well. And, you know, in the 300 section, you're going to be taken care of just as much as you're going to be there on the front row, as they say, on the wood. You're going to have the same seating amenities. You're going to have the same comfort level. It's just a phenomenal place. I'm really looking forward to it for a variety of reasons. But obviously, we've been in the shadow of the Lakers at, in downtown Los Angeles. And I get it. They're, they're the you know, gold standard, I think, in the NBA. We've had to live in that shadow, in that arena, 
We get the worst dates. Just check our schedule and compare it to anyone else's in the league. It's garbage. Back-to-backs. We have noon games, noon back-to-backs at home. It's a brutal schedule that we've had to endure really for the last five to ten years. I think that goes away with this new with this new arena. We'll get a much more agreeable schedule, better dates, and just not so many crazy days where we're playing four and five or five and seven or whatever it turns out to be. So there's so many great things that go along with it. Schedule is one, but the fans, this is a hearty bunch of fans. I mean, they're desperate. They're starved for wins, but they just stay with us, and now they're going to get rewarded. It's their own place. They don't have to worry about anybody else living in their beds or messing around <laughs> their chairs or dealing with their cup. These guys, it's going to be their own arena, and it's going to be phenomenal. And I really do think it's going to be a destination for other fans just to come and see it. It's going to be wild. That scoreboard is going to be crazy. Uh, it's it's just nuts. Everything, all the things that are going on, you know, with a tech kind of giant that Steve Ballmer is, you know it's going to be top-notch. Brian, we really appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck uh, this season, except for the four nights that you play the Suns, <laughs> and if we meet in the playoffs again, uh, make sure you can follow Brian at B uh, Seaman S I E M A N on Twitter. And uh, Brian, thanks again, gentlemen. This was a pleasure. And anytime you want to chat some NBA basketball, I'll be here for you. Big thank you to Brian. Uh, enjoyed him. We'll have him back on when the Suns play, play the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, real chill. I like that yeah. a lot. Not, not every TV personality is uh, is that uh, easygoing, but yeah, it was fun. Well, that was great. Yeah. yeah, he was great. Let's take a look at a super chat that we got a little earlier today on the program from Brian. He says, "DA supporter here. I'll be pissed and upset if they trade him, but I am a Suns fan first. The deal better be a great deal, not a good deal, though." So, oh, all right, it's fair. Well. I guess it'll depend on what your definition yeah. of that. Well, of that is subjective, is. but we, I uh, hope that it meets your requirements. We might have a great deal of time before you find out. So. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we do have one thing to get Proud to before we head out of here for the weekend or whatever it's going to be. Uh, it's a weekend. Well, I, who knows if we're actually going to have a weekend oh, with true. all these rumors going on. But let's... Uh, uh, <laughs> Emma, no, Emma always the Debbie Downer. Yeah, uh, so Aaron Gordon. Uh, not a friend of the program, uh, a Denver Nugget. I got this piece of bling that TMZ Sports got a hold of. It is Aaron Gordon wow. dunking over Landry Shaman. Wow. This is, just, this is just cold. Like, I'm oh, sorry, man. but, like, that's, that's, that, that's something. That was cold-blooded. I do, I can't stand I do love the, the touch that it is the NBA championship trophy. That he's holding uh, up yeah. at the top, which good for him. I guess to the victors go the spoils. Good but, for him, man. I have I, no emotion about this. Is um, Landry Shaman like a hundred years old in that thing? Yeah. He's, he's got, got the white gray hair. hair. He's got yeah. the gray hair. Maybe it, they didn't have enough blue uh, ice for the for, to finish out the whole was. thing. You know what I mean? But was. also, like uh, you know, I I I don't like this because it's a nugget over a son, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that uh, it's a former son. Um, it's a wildcat dunking over a former son. I'm cool with it. <laughs> that's how I'm gonna. Yo, that's, that's cold, man. Gonna, Yo, Aaron Gordon, you cold for that's that? How one, I'm gonna man. manipulate that in my mind? You cold for that it's, one? It is ice it, cold. It could be worse. So it could have made. He could have made it look more like Landry Shamit. So at least it's just like yeah, a faceless. Yeah. No, I feel. I feel like he did make <laughs> it, it looks look like he dunked on Papa Smurf. <laughs> 
That's what it looks like. Honestly, though, that's how I remember the Look at Papa Smurf. He's just banging on Papa Smurf. That's it. I actually remember all the color draining out of Landry like that as Aaron was over. He's like, oh, I didn't make the right business decision. If if you could make a a chain out of like an iconic moment of your own uh, here on the show show or in life, what would it be? Me eating a shoe. (laughs) And then Gerald telling me, don't do that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That would be it. Oh, Me, I would one. make uh, Gerald's uh, weird face. You know, he was like, yeah, yeah, I would totally make that. I'd wear it as a chain. That's probably <laughs> my best answer. I ain't got enough, man. I ain't got it's enough. just the sunglasses. Me spilling a drink on a set is my <laughs> that's, that's about it. That happened off camera, but it did happen. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, we probably should get out of here so we can rest up for whatever the hell is to come over the next few days. If something breaks, if there are any more major rumors or a trade to go down, we will be here for you. Subscribe and uh, and like here on YouTube to make sure that you get it. Or become a uh, subscriber to our audio podcast as well, wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And you can follow the sun or the show at PHNX underscore sons you can follow me at asbone remember even if deandre gets dealt we'll all get through this together ahoy retro tell the phoenix metro megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go ph and x though lindsey gerald espo saw past the ball we here to turn up the tempo got to understand me y'all all